a Native American from Alaska, and we were talking about this whole guns thing, because for those of you listening in the future, America is having a bit of a, a dark chapter in our history with people shooting each other with guns all the time. That's a terrible summation of that, but let's just put it like that. It's all guns all the time, horrible shootings. And so, you know, someone was like, well, we should just take all the guns away, which is a pretty common liberal standard. And my friend was like, you know, I have friends who are only alive today because they were charged by a bear and they were holding on to the handgun and managed to put three into the bear before the bear tore their jugular out. And I was like, Jesus Christ, that is a whole of all the arguments I ever expected to hear about gun control today. The I need my handgun to fight bears because I live in Alaska was the last one I expected. But oddly, one of the most compelling I've ever heard. No, I, uh, I dated a woman from Alaska for a little bit. It didn't last long because I just got these weird vibes from her. She always kind of seemed detached whenever we spent time together. And eventually I had to call it off when it just was obvious that she wasn't really Inuit. <laughs> Fuck you! <laughs> I listened to that whole goddamn thing waiting for... Hey, everyone, this is the Big Bang Theory Theory. Uh, None of that had to do with anything with this episode we just watched, which is kind of dumb, because it's actually not a terrible episode. We, we both genuinely laughed. But yes. Before getting into that, hi, I'm Nick. And I'm Kyle. And we uh, are watching this show that apparently America loves to hate or hates to love or... Whatever. I think that's ambivalence. That's a thing, right? Yes. Sure, fine. But yeah, I think today we watched uh, the seventh episode of the first season. I can't believe we're still hardly into the first season. Only ten more in season one. Yeah, and today's episode was called The Grasshopper Experiment, which actually is like the first one that has like a strong connection to a plot point. Yes, it has a strong, and it has a better because it's not actually like literally like my, the thing I've hated about all the others is they, they've been about exactly the thing, but here it's not actually about a, like a jumping grasshopper. Yeah. And that makes it better. Well, why, why, why is it really? What's this episode about? Well, it's about, it's actually, so this is our first Raj centric episode. I yeah, guess yeah. that's a, uh, and I guess that makes sense, because last week was kind of a Wallowitz-centric episode, although even for an episode centering on him, he wasn't actually in it that much. He's too busy crushing guts. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why I hate it when you call it that, but... Wait, what about uh, what about rearranging organs? I guess all of it, because it sounds so violent and not like something you would survive. There's a, well, there's that... It's uh, not surgery. Well, there's that Jane's Addiction song that sex is violence. I think there's a certain truth to that. Yeah, and Andrea Dworkin... Second wave feminist critiques, but well, I mean, you you have your cultural references, and I have mine. Uh, potato, potato. Anyway, so this is a Raj centric episode. Raj, whose most defining feature up to this point, two. I'm sorry, his two most are a he's Indian, although we don't know anything about what his life in India was like, and b he can't talk to women. No, no. He, every time he tries, he just freezes up in a way that uh, has not really shown anxiety throughout the series so far as much as it has like just like some sort of awful like rudeness kind of mean spirited way yeah i mean i still maintain that the closest thing to it is just like a baby he just turns into like a he just stares like a you know a pre-vocal like one-year-old just like looking at you 
Well, I think we, we brought that up once before on our when we were having a real bummer talking about how the characters are all different stages of human development, and Raj was in that pre-verbal stage, and it came up, I think, on the Halloween episode where, and, you know, he doesn't talk to women, but he wasn't so anxious that he didn't totally go home with a drunk lady, so there was that. Yes. Actually, this is, it brings me to an interesting point, because... Oh, well, that's not... I started to say, everyone on the show has had sex now except for Leonard, but that's not true. Leonard had sex with Leslie. Hell so, yeah, he did. So everyone on the show has had sex except for uh, Sheldon, which I guess is probably going to be the status quo. Oh, I don't know. I bet he gets real weird soon. He's going to start... Leonard's going to start walking in just as, like, Sheldon is taking off the leather straps and, like, descending from nope, the harness. No, we're stopping. It's done. All right, fine. We don't have to go anymore. We'll leave this to the fan fiction writers. I don't really like the way that you're trying to shame me and Sheldon. I just Sheldon. don't want this image in my head right now. All right, fine. Well, I guess we should talk about what we actually watched. I was getting there. So, Raj, we meet his parents. Not in person, but over his... I, I don't know if it's Skype, but... Some, well Skype, yeah, he's Skyping them. And they seem like nice folks. Yeah, I don't... I, they, they seem nice. What do you want from me on this one? <laughs> Disagree with me. Hate no. his parents. They seem like totally decent people. It's like, but it's it's dumb because the whole joke about them isn't like really anything funny that they do. It's just that they are on the computer. And so, like, I think the first joke they have about it is, oh, hey, Raj, could you please lean the computer up? We're just staring at your friend's testicles. Wah, 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 wah. Wah, wah, wah. They hook him up on an arranged date. With uh, another nice Indian girl, and he's freaking out because he can't talk to women. So what is he going to do? He has no hope. Well, it's it's fortunate, though, that Penny has decided to take up mixology and shows up in the apartment with, like, 30 bottles of booze to start doling out the drinks. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that, but you're right. That was a lot of booze. That's got to cost some... She had to spend some money. She had a full bar ready to go, yeah. I mean, I guess that makes... I mean... Probably becoming a bartender is just an expensive thing to go through. Well, not if you work at a bar. Like, she does. Well, no, but you have to... I mean, I'm, I imagine she's one of those... She easily led astray people who probably, like, accidentally, like, signed up for a bartending school and paid way too much money and was told she had to bring all of her own drinks to class, so now she's in debt for, like, $4,000 on a credit card to this shady bartending school that's probably run by, like, the Russian mob. None of this was in the episode. I'm just filling in around the edges. Is this you trying to, like, explain as slowly as you can how it is that you learned how to mix drinks? No, I can't mix drinks. Oh, well, fine, I guess. I can mix vodka and orange juice and rum and coke. You know what I like to mix? Whiskey and this guy. Am I right? Yeah! That's... (laughs) So, yeah, so she's becoming a bartender, which I will say is a strong move for an actress who has just moved to L.A. and never booked a gig. I think she's she's moving in the natural progression. You start as a waitress, then you become a bartender, and then your career dies forever. So Well, also, I, I think you brought up something, too, or it hasn't been clear until the last episode that they live in Los Angeles this entire time. No, like, I think, I mean, she she moved there to be an actress, so obviously... Yeah, all right. She didn't move to San Francisco to become... If she did, that would make her pretty... Move to San Francisco to be a, 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 a sourdough baker. <laughs> they yes. left their sourdough there, I hear. I don't know. Yes. Full House. Also Fuller House. You ever uh, watch that show? No, I have standards. 
No, what? What are you? What are you talking about? What are we doing now? That's I. I'm betting Fuller House is worse than The Big Bang Theory. I've seen some Fuller House, and you goddamn better believe it is. <laughs> oh, it's it's infuriating. Sorry, now we're just. Well, like, I guess that's actually a thing we should get into. Is I'm like talking about other shows, but there's a oh yeah bit at the beginning of this where I don't know. This what, was surreal. We were both like, "What is happening here?" It was it was it was like product placement where uh, they're all chatting at the beginning. I can't remember why it comes up. Oh, because Doogie Hauser. So yeah. it starts with Doogie Hauser. Yeah, because apparently everyone in India loves Doogie Hauser. I don't know whether that's true, but that's no. But they do drop it like it's an important fact, like such. Such that I don't remember. Oh, it's Leonard who's like, I read a book that said, or I've heard on the news that Doogie Howser is one of the most popular shows in India. Yeah, and then it was somehow tied into parents all wanting their doc, their kids to be doctors or something like that. Yes. And yeah. then uh, I think it's Leonard talks about how like, oh yeah, I mean, I wonder how they like Scrubs over there. Yeah. No, he goes, they must love Scrubs. And Sheldon, of all people, turns around and goes, well, who wouldn't? It's delightful. Yeah. And it was like. Well, and it, it's 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 weird for a few reasons. Because why did any of that happen? Uh, why why is Sheldon suddenly okay with anything? Yeah. And and why in your show would you re- just remind people that they could be watching a better show? Yeah, I think that's exactly. It's like I was agreeing with them. I was like, yeah, Scrubs is great. I can't go that far. Scrubs, I think, is great in very small doses. Oh, we got my doses of scrubs are a season at a time, so... Oh, jeez. You just you never get tired of solemnly Turk learning... Turk and JD all, all the time. Turk and, Turk and JD are great, and then... It's guy love, no compromise... Oh, fuck, I promised I wasn't going to sing in this episode. You have to cut that. Well, no, it stays, because what people aren't hearing is that Kyle very vigorously and confidently sang uh, music from Fiddler on the Roof uh, before we started recording... Yes, that's um, how that bit ends. It goes, like, this. they're talking about Scrubs. I guess part of this joke is they're having this whole conversation. Raj is bummed because he's, like, basically just been shanghaied into an arranged marriage, and yeah. he's just staring at them. And instead of addressing that, they're talking about Doogie Howser and then Scrubs. And then somehow, that oh, that goes into how, oh, no worry about arranged marriages. They're fine. It works out great for most of human history, like in Fiddler on the Roof. And then they're all literally just standing around talking about how great Fiddler on the Roof is, which, again, I am here for. I think that's what I was excited. There were just so many things finally in this episode that I was like, yes, I agree with all of this. Scrubs is good. Fiddler on the Roof is delightful. Yeah, and the the Fiddler on the Roof thing is strange, too, because uh, before that came up, seeing Leonard and Sheldon together over... Over video screen, Raj's parents were like implying they're like, oh hey, they're just like that gay couple we know. And so Raj and not not Raj, but Sheldon and Leonard, I'd be like, oh no, we're not gonna like them. Oh no, no, which is always great. And so then they go through all the the musical talk and uh, how they got to go pick up Fiddler on the Roof to watch. And it's like, oh, we already have a special edition. Yeah, we have a special edition Fiddler on the Roof. And then I wonder if their familiarity with the musical was supposed to be playing into a gay joke or if that's just a coincidence. Well, no, that that is what Leonard says at the end. Did you miss the button of the thing? That did happen. I think I wanted to forget it because I didn't want it to be true. Because it's not even another joke. No, it's it's just a bad, it's a badly managed callback. Because Sheldon's like, oh, actually, I think we have Fiddler on the Roof on special edition. And it's like, ah, maybe we are like, well, whatever those guys name the gay guys in India. Anyway, 
Penny comes over to do all their mixology. Apparently Raj doesn't drink, but now does because he's so stressed out about this date. He's going to go on with, what was her name again? Lalita. Lalita, who apparently uh, was super fat when she was a kid, and they can never let that go. And uh, he has a grasshopper, the drink. Yes, what's in a grasshopper? Do you know? I don't know, mitten shit. But yeah, he, he starts drinking that and then uh, immediately becomes sad drunk guy at the bar blabbing about his life to yeah, Penny. And that was one of the weird, like, I get that it's a TV show, so this is actually probably one of the less crazy liberties. But you literally, he takes one sip and goes, like, dead drunk. Which, was, I don't know, I thought that was fun. I know it doesn't make any sense, but he's... No, you're right, it is fun. <clears throat> he was super cute to see slung over their little bar... Talking about all of his dreams and hopes of a dash, and he's going to go running around in a minivan, and that, that was good. But he doesn't realize that he's talking to Penny, and so that becomes a whole big deal, and everyone's like, oh, what's he going to notice? And goes on and on, and, and apparently his defining character trait up to this point is now dissolved. Because the, the other idea was that he'd have to like stay drunk to keep talking, and there's no follow-through on that. He actually goes on the date. And I think they try to make him off like he's drunk, but he doesn't do a single thing that would suggest he's drunk. Well, except he's an... I mean, I assumed that the idea was he wouldn't be saying such asshole things if he was sober. I don't know. He was saying those kind of asshole things to his friends when she wasn't around. And so you can't compare how he would normally act around a woman when he's not drunk because he never says anything. So what you're saying is there's no control group in this grasshopper experiment. God damn it, that's what I'm saying. But I think what stands This is out, why you always double-blind test your grasshopper experiments. What what stands out most, though, is that he just... He's boring and he sucks. That's yeah. it. He just And he's just... He really fat chims her. It's really bad. Like... I was like, oh, coming from, you know, as someone else who struggles with the fact that they used to be really overweight, I was like, it's not cool to talk about someone being that fat. Yeah. Well, it's also just kind of built in, too, though, because it's not just that he's, he doesn't seem to have that much of a problem with her being fat as a kid. Like, he's bringing it up in, like, a rude way. But the, He just thinks it's funny. Yeah. And they're celebrating that she's not fat anymore. So it's implied anyway that, like, you know, oh, thank God we're through that part of your life. As this is happening, the whole rest of the crew are they're they're all at the, the restaurant that Penny works and now bartends at. So they're lined up at the bar observing this whole thing, which is never acknowledged. Like when 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 <laughs> I hadn't thought about it. Yeah, when when Raj brings what's your bucket over to to meet the rest of the, the Lalita house, Lalita. There's no explanation of what they're doing there and why why they were watching the entire time that the rest of the date was happening. She's into some light voyeurism, I guess, or just likes the attention of other strange nerds. Who knows? Well, we know that because I guess it's not a more incongruous than anything else, but it's such a specific character trait to give Sheldon. He sees her, and he immediately identifies her with a character from a story I have never heard of, and assume they made up for the show, although I guess I could be wrong about that. I assume so, too. Yeah, so he he decides that she looks just like a character from a children's book he had that was maybe, I guess, a cross between, like, I don't know, The Ugly Duckling and Curious George, like the first one that's all super colonialist, not all of the oh. other ones that are just... Yeah, the first Curious George is fucked up. It's all, like, you know, 
man in the yellow hat just like catches him in a net and is like, I own you now. Well, yeah, but that, that, that's how monkeys work. Like, there's not going to be any different now if someone has a pet monkey. It's not like they're going to go into the, 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 the monkey's home and make sure that they have a mutual understanding and healthy relationship well, it, before they decide to move in together. It sounds like someone doesn't understand how enthusiastic consent works is what I'm getting from this. I mean, not not when you're trying to live with a monkey. I don't think there's any situation where a monkey agrees to, to, to domiciling with a human. Also, you, well, then you didn't see the Curious George movie, which retconned all of this. In no, you're right, I very... didn't. I didn't see that movie, Kyle. Ah, oh, nuts. What did I miss? I feel like a real dummy now. I, th- I think they definitely, like, retconned the part where he kidnaps Curious George. And how, do you th- how do you end up with Curious George? Curious George is curious, and his natural curiosity leads him to follow the man in the yellow hat back on his boat and to the strange land called New York. Concrete jungle where dreams are made up. I don't like the way that this is whitewashing how Curious George's struggle actually played out. Yeah, I guess it is a little bit like, oh, and then King Kong just decided he would take a swim one day. Yeah, it's like that. Sure. <laughs> Lolita meets Sheldon. Yeah, and Sheldon is literally just like, I'm not going to drop this comparison. I mean, it's one thing to say... I guess, to say, hey, you know that girl? She kind of looks like this very specific fictional character. Oh, and we can't skip over that. We actually both genuinely laughed at Sheldon's entrance. Cause he, oh, yeah, this is, a, this is one of his better lines. Yeah, he shows up, and I can't remember exactly, but he was like, sorry I was late. I just didn't want to be here. Yeah, yes. who hasn't felt that way? Real good, real good. So, yeah, he's just like, to her face, do you know who you look like? You look like this perfect poetic princess from this childhood fairy tale that I love. And, yeah, I mean, it's cool. It's basically, he's like, he's like, you know, she had ruby red lips and her hair was like the stars in the night. The roses were ashamed to bloom in front of her ruby red lips. That is a great line. That is good. And so she she fucking loves it. (laughs) And they walk off together and Raj cannot believe how his date has been poached. No one can believe it. They're all just like, again, they're all standing there, including Penny, and just being like, what well, just happened? Yeah, and Sheldon doesn't know he's doing any wrong. Poor sweet Sheldon. During the date, uh, so the woman is is learning how to be. She's in dental school, and Raj brings up obnoxious facts <laughs> such as how uh, dentists have one of the highest rates of suicide among all professions. And uh, I just happen to know, as, as a lawyer, that we're high up there too. And so yes. I had to learn about that. And some of the reasons. And do you know what the, the number one reason for uh, dental uh, dentist suicides are? No. They're, they just get sick of always looking down in the mouth. I've I, I never wanted to punch you as much as I... I mean, I won't, because that would be abuse. And you're so much stronger than I am. <laughs> yes, I'm physically stronger than you, so I won't hurt you. But you hurt me, is I guess what I'm saying. I'm not threatening you, I'm just saying... It's like you punched me with that. I and that's the second time in the same goddamn episode with the puns. I don't. I don't really like the way that your 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 sensitive liberal snowflake upraising has led you to believe that emotional violence is a real thing. Ah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, speaking of suicide jokes, that's one I've noticed. I guess this is just maybe true of sitcoms in general. It's just I haven't like done an obsessive deep dive into one in this particular way. But because I'm we're hyper analyzing these episodes, I'm just like it's weird the way that certain 
conceits like pop up again and again in a single episode like obviously the writer just had that on its mind because that was actually the second suicide joke in this episode the first is um when penny comes in is like i need practices to become a bartender and Laird is like yes of course everything you get better at everything with practice yeah, it's pr- the key efficiency to- comes as a result of a repetition to which sheldon goes well that's not necessarily true of everything take suicide for example yeah which that's... again nailed it absolutely true no it's not because you don't get it right the first time you know try and try again like, we, yeah. i mean it's cool that a lot of people are instant successes but <laughs> you're saying we shouldn't shame the failures in the giving up i mean i'm not saying that but are you implying that we should that that when someone attempts suicide to be like hey look there's another thing you fucked up <laughs> Keep trying, pal. Hey, Gary, we found you with the rope. You didn't even tie the fucking noose right. Look at you. Fucking jabroni. Let me go on this date. Then they have to have a talk back at the apartment later after or Sheldon comes back about what a shitty thing that was to do. Is it a shitty thing to do? If someone's having a terrible date, like, it's such a specific, like, is the only reason it wasn't a terrible thing to do because he didn't end up sleeping with her? So here's a time for one of Nick's hardly relevant and over-revealing stories. I was hoping. I, I, went, I was like, I want other case studies where people have ended up. I went, uh, I went and got drinks with, with, with a lady friend once, and it was kind of unclear whether it was a date. Uh, and we went up to get drinks at Jazz Martini Night at this bar, uh, which I really don't like one of those things. And the other was ruined by the stupid hypersexual names of the drinks. Like, not like I don't think sex jokes and whatever are funny. It just sucks when I have to go up to the bar and be like, yes, I'd like a slow screw on the beach. Yes, I'd like the backdoor chocolate twist. Uh, oh, man. Yeah, that, that, that blows. But it was a not great time. Like, just talking wasn't working. Like, it's just trying to put as much out there and nothing back. And a friend of ours showed up, and I was so relieved. I'm like, oh, I've got a way out of this. Like, this is awkward and kind of shitty, but whatever. It's, it's someone I know and can talk to. And what happened is we all ended up leaving together to, like, go to, like, get McDonald's and hang out. And then it turned out that those two had been spending time together and were, like, doing it and stuff. And they were, like, luring me in. Wait, this this was like bait? I think so. We all ended up naked together as part of what I thought was going to be like a funny joke. And then the joke just kept going. And I was like, this is fun. This is how adults laugh together. And then we're all naked in bed. And I'm like, ah, ha, 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 ha. So that's what happens, I guess, when someone picks up your date and doesn't stop the previous date. So compared to that... This yeah, seems I started like, to say. This seems like a service that should be provided to, to have someone swoop in and be like, I'll take care of this one, buddy. But I think outside of bizarre circumstances like that, of course that's shitty. Like, what are you talking about? Like, you're on a date and your friend shows up and is like, oh, hey, guys, not going well, huh? Well, I know you're invested in this, but I would be better. Well, I guess that was my – well, A, that wasn't what – 
Sheldon did. Sheldon guilelessly picked her up, which yeah. I guess well, is not guilelessly does everything. I guess that's like the whole point is that only he could pull that off. But also, Raj was terrible. If he was invested, in, I mean, I guess he was invested in that date. But again, it's terrible, just terrible. Well, yeah, no, it's a shitty date. The date needs to end, but like, not like that. Not like that. Interesting. Is it? I mean, if you were on a date and you're having a real bad time. And I showed up, and I was like, I don't know, I, "Kyle, you're really, you're really beefing this one." I, I don't think I, I don't think I would care that much. I could be wrong. All right. Well, I as soon as you start dating someone that I'm attracted to, listen up, buddy. I'm gonna be watching you with my hawk eyes. Well, no, it would be, it would be weird if you showed up. I guess I see what you're saying. Yeah, if you show up and started competing with me in the middle of my date, that would be we'd have to have like a Bridget oh, no, Jones no. style like fight outside. <laughs> it wouldn't be a competition. Come on, it's, it's how long I would continue to show you mercy until until I came in for for what would ultimately be a favor, so you would no longer humiliate yeah. yourself. Yeah, I guess I was just the idea of taking ownership of women, like you know, it's just always weird. I, so, oh, no, so they, they think they deal with that all right. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. It's like, no, I think it's super shitty for him to come in and, like, steal the date. But, you're right on the other hand, like, what? She's going to fucking do what she wants. Okay. That's her life. And actually, she kind of steps up and, like, shuts down the whole arranged marriage thing in the first place, where she's like, why are you coming at me with all this old world garbage? Yes. I mean, that's, so, here's, my story is not as good as the time you accidentally had a three-way. The first time. Yeah. <laughs> The first time. But, like, I, I remember having a conversation with a friend in the – so now we're back in the Deep South. And he's like, oh, by the way, you know, I've been hesitating for how to tell you this, but that girl you broke up with, like, four years ago, I had sex with her. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. So, what, like, am I supposed to be upset about this? He's like, oh, well, if you ever did that to me, I would kill you. Uh. And I was like, that's a – that's such a specifically odd thing to say in immediate conjunction to the previous thing. Like, it wasn't even, like, because how it ended up playing, like, it wasn't even like, uh, like, there was no, actually, no, what it was, because I joked. Because he was like, I was like, ah, I guess I get to sleep with one of your old girlfriends. Now he's like, no, if you ever go near, like, he just went, like, straight from, like, funny and self-conscious to, like, dead, stone-cold serious. Like, if you ever go near a girl that I've ever been with, you know, you're going to have to fight me to the death, man. Which is how people in South Georgia get sometimes. So I was just like, okay, fuck it. The moral hypocrisy of that always bothered me a little bit. That's intense. It is intense. I'm not going to say I haven't heard it, that kind of, you know, road code shit before, but I think we all recognize kind of uh, loose windows and appropriate behavior and all that. I don't know. So, shitty date. Sheldon picks up date. Uh, and then there is a completely unsatisfying resolution where Raj goes, you can't do that. And Sheldon says... Oh, okay. Sorry, man. Well, they're done. That's it. This episode, it's weird how they ping-pong, I mean, again, no continuity. But in the last episode, Sheldon was an utter, like, relentless asshole. In this one, he's just, like, a total child. Yes. Just, like, a complete and total, like, literally the whole, like, you remind me of a storybook thing. But then literally at the end, when they're like, but you're not going to see her again, are you? He's like, why would I see her again? I already have a dentist. Right. And you almost went... You almost wanted to go, aww. See, actually, I thought that was the one shitty thing where he doesn't recognize her humanity, but instead only how she can be useful to him. Oh, I see. I took yeah. it in a different way. But you're right. You're probably right. It's probably uh, well, that no, one. There's, there's no right or wrong here. Sheldon, he's just such 
a complicated and layered character that anyone can look at him and draw a different interpretation. He's incredibly relatable because I think he represents a lot of different aspects about ourselves that a lot of us really don't no, want to recognize. None of this is true. You just you're just bullshit. The, the, right the, now. the, the nuance with which they were just able to trying to hurt me that creates a universal perspective. <laughs> you're really. just using these words to hurt me right now. I can't imagine being in a situation where I couldn't see Sheldon <laughs> doing anything similar to how I would, but he. When he's doing it, it's really stripped down to its most bare human instincts. Damn you! And then they and then they secretly feed Sheldon some alcohol. Yeah, and then they get him drunk so we can see what Sheldon's like. He's drunk, and it's delightful. Yeah, he he apparently brings a keyboard to the bar, or they just had it. Or yeah, whatever. I was just hoping that keyboard was just standing there in the corner. Yeah, and he uh, he starts pounding out Fiddler on the Roof songs. He does the best one. Well, there are a couple of really... All the songs of Pillar on the Roofs are classics, but the Lachaim is a good one. Ah, okay. See, I, I've never seen Fiddler on the Roof. Okay, so what we're going to do... You know how last Christmas Eve we just hung out and watched Bright and were sad and drunk together? No, nobody needed to know that. Okay, so this Christmas Eve... Cause they <laughs> At least don't leave out that we also watched Jumanji. <laughs> oh, yeah, we watched Jumanji 2 first, and then we are like, there's still a lot of this day left, and we're both sad and alone. What are we going to do now? It's like, I guess we'll drink and we'll watch Will Smith. Hell yeah. The other thing that you can do on Christmas Eve in this town is the Lemley Movie Theater shows Fiddler on the Roof every year on Christmas Eve. You mean I have to wait, like, nine more months before we have an excuse to, to do that? Yeah, you think I'll forget, though? I don't think you'll forget. I just don't want to wait. I'm excited now. Well, we can watch. If you want to watch Fiddler on the Roof, we can do a special Fiddler on the Roof episode of the Big Bang Theory Theory. Everyone's going to be like, what does this have to do with the Big Bang Theory Theory? And the answer is nothing. It's <laughs> actually just about Fiddler on the Roof. Yeah. But that's okay. That's why it's bonus content. I think I think already the episodes of Big Bang Theory we're watching, halfway through the first season, are providing little enough substance that our show already doesn't really have a lot to do with Big Bang Theory. No. Really, but, the less our show is about the Big Bang Theory, the better. I think you're right. We're testing it. We're definitely testing that out. But I think we now need to pick our most standout moment. What what struck you the hardest? Uh, come back to me. You go first. Okay. So, for me... Book. <laughs> I don't know. This one was, like, enjoyable. Oh, I know what mine is. Okay, you go, because... My segments are recurring, relatable nerd things that are actually kind of enduring about various characters. And in this week's rendition of Kyle Loves This Nerdy Shit, Sheldon has a Justice League of America membership card that he keeps in his wallet at all times. And Leonard asks him why, and he goes, Well, because it says, keep this on your person at all times. Right underneath Batman's signature. Yeah. You seem to have some real honest, earnest feelings for that. And that was that was delightful. Yeah, because I think that was a real... I mean, I think the Justice League of America fan club, if it wasn't a real thing, that's one of those things that should have been a real thing. We can make it a real thing. It's got to be a real thing. I thought of mine, which is Raj going on the date... And it turning out that he is the shitty one. And not yes. just like, I totally expected uh, the date to be beautiful and for it to be awkward. But I was I was waiting for him to 
not quite like live up to it or some sort of like sad but hopeful misunderstanding. Yeah, but he doesn't even come close. No, no. He's just like a total goob the whole way through. Like like from the, the fr- first moment they're on screen together, it's obvious that, that he is insufferable. And it's not like I want I don't want Raj to have a bad time, but it's just nice that, that if they were so much setting up like her to be the one to experience all the shame. And then they're like, well, no, Raj, he's just he's kidding me kind of a dick. And yes. maybe it's because he's drinking. Who yeah. knows? That's yet to be tested. But. I guess it is It is weird that Raj's character development is, oh, it turns out he's also, he's just kind of a dick. I mean, maybe it's yeah. just when he drinks, but well, we, we won't know for well, a while. Silent or not so far, he's he's consistently sh- shitty to, to women around him. That's true. Except for, you know, when, when he was blabbing to Penny while drunk. That's like the only positive female interaction he's had. Yes. So, we've done this again. How do you feel? Uh, I feel better than I felt last episode, so it's, uh... Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I'm trying to figure out what makes one episode better than another episode of this fucking show. Like, because it doesn't actually seem... You know, it seems random so far. Because, like, like I want to say, like, when Sheldon is a dick, it gets old and uncomfortable really Yes, quickly. I was thinking that. when he, Whenever he does his, like, hyper-compulsive, everything has to be the same all the time thing, it gets old really fast. Yeah. I thought there was an episode where I really enjoyed Sheldon just kind of being on fire, and I think he was being really shitty to Penny in like an episode where she didn't deserve it, but he was he was just letting out so many burns that I was into it, and so it's not yeah sassy Sheldon is fine, bitchy ah. neurotic Sheldon is terrible. I think you got it there, and you know what you've done again further clarified the subtle layers between the different characteristics God will you stop it everyone loves that guy I'm gonna I'm gonna get you one of these days I swear to God find a way I don't know what he'll he'll never see it coming